What's up, you beautiful... That's nah, another guy. See, what if I had a signature opening? Should I do that? Today, I wasn't going to do this video, but I feel that it's a good point to talk about. I don't want to give the person any credence, but it's just a good example of what... It, it encapsulates exactly why I made the movie. So today is going to be about the movie Heckler, and it's going to be about one of the critics that we interviewed in the movie... And I'm not validating what he's saying, but I'm pointing a light on this particular person because I believe it encapsulates exactly why we made the movie. So I'm just going to get into it right now. Um, so this is uh, by a guy named Josh Blue, and I'll show you a little clip here. I'll show you the clip within this. But this is his tweet, and it says, 15 years ago, a documentary featuring Jamie Kennedy... It was a documentary that I came up with, um, along with Michael Addis, insulting me to my face, which is brave. You insulted me in the paper. Made its premiere at Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah. For this week's Desert Companion, Fifth Street Newsletter, I wrote about finally watching Heckler. That's already funny because he's writing for the Desert Companion, Fifth Street Newsletter. That's a lot of hyphenates. That's the paper he writes at. 15 years later, I'm just saying, Josh. I don't have any beef with this dude, but I remember that he wrote like something pretty aggressive. And so I had to interview him why. And so let's, I'm going to read the article and react to it. First of all, it says donate now, which already makes me think it's a fucking failing paper. That's the first fucking thing it says on the top of this. It's called Jeers of a Clown. Revisiting the time comedian Jamie Kennedy confronted me for his 2007 documentary Heckler by Josh Bell. The, the, the top of it, is like these baits that you can click on the paper. I mean, these prompts. And it's the first prompt says, that time a failed comedian tried to humiliate me on film, LOL. I mean, I don't really have to do anything more than just read that prompt where it says it to take you to this article. Let's do this again. Let me break this so down for you psychologically, which you already get it because you're with me. That time, let me show you all the inc inaccuracies in this thing. That time, a failed comedian tried to humiliate me on film, LOL. Look at failed comedian. What does it mean to fail? Just on film, I got this award in 2005, which is the biggest award you can get from the movie industry, where it says show East star of comedy star of tomorrow. Is that a fail? I had 66 episodes of my own show, which people loved. Is that a fail? I had another series on MTV that got canceled after eight episodes, but people love it. Is that a fail? I've been in... Tons of movies that have a comedic bent. Is that a fail? But then, on top of it, I go out almost every weekend and making money and I make my living and I live in this house because of failure as a comedian. That makes no sense. I don't really have to go any further, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. Failed comedian. Like, I'm in the community. Everyone knows me. We're all, I'm in it. Ask, you know, I mean, that's like, that doesn't make any sense failed comedian like if i was down and out on my luck and broke and destitute never made a dent on pop culture then you can call me a failed comedian so that's already fake news fake news tried to humiliate me well that's up to you i don't think i tried i think you i just gave you the rope and i let you decide what did you want to do with that rope but you know um if you feel humiliated i think you did it to yourself and then me on film lol meaning like uh -huh, like, I'm so cool, I rise above it. So already we're dealing with a guy that probably 
doesn't have social skills strongly and also is scared of looking vulnerable. All right. So I'm going to react to it, but already you can see the issues here. And, and this is why I made the movie. I made the movie because why can't I talk back? Why can't I state my case? I'm supposed to just rise above it. This is, I, I started this talk back culture. Now everyone argues online. You could, you could, you could, celebrities and stars were supposed to just be take it in the chin, you know, and be rise above. Well, I was a person who was like, no, fuck this guy. So let me read this to you. Jamie Kennedy needs to be stopped. Begins my Las Vegas weekly review of the 2003 comedy Malibu's Most Wanted. And he goes, it does not get kinder from there, either to the movie or to Kennedy, who in 2003 was a rising comedy star headlining a major studio movie for the first time in the review. In the review, I compared Kennedy to Pauly Shore, expressing concern that Kennedy might reach the same level of success that Shore experienced a decade earlier. I awarded the movie one star out of five. Already, it's like that's how you start your review needs to be stopped. Like I'm spreading love and comedy into the world, like comedy, something that will like take you throughout your existence and like try to like make your day easier to get through the pain of life. So it's a comedy, but you're basically saying this guy, you need to stop comedy or what you think comedy isn't. But there's also like, yo, kind of in, in print putting like, yo, fuck this guy for having a career. Like that's just crazy. Needs to be stopped. Like I'm a fucking murderer. Like that's just crazy. It's irresponsible if you ask me, but it's not like he's in a big paper or anything. But again, this is the lawlessness which ran rampant and kind of still does without going unchecked. So I decided to check people and people call me a crybaby and other people call me a hero. You can have your opinion when you want, but I can break down why I am not a crybaby. It's just, that's crazy, right? Pauly Shore, what's wrong with, Pauly's a fucking legend too. He's another person, you know his name, he's hilarious, he's a fucking legend. You know his fucking name. You will never not know Pauly. Pauly will only get bigger as time goes. One person who was not pleased with that review was Jamie Kennedy himself. Uh, I don't know why. Like, I just told you the reasons why, but it's also starring in a studio movie, yeah, which I pitched with the producer, of a character which I created, of a screenplay which was written by Nick Swartzen and other two Creators of my show, Jamie King Experiment, which people love, which is very hard to get and very hard to write a script, let alone sell a script, let alone get a movie, get it picked. It's, it's an insane process to do this. The barrier entry is not easy when the review is published. I was 23. So he was already, he was 23. So he was nine years younger than me being a bitter petty. Nine years younger. And he was acting like he was 73. I was 23 and had been working as a professional writer for a little over a year. So this guy just got out of college or community college or fucking DeVry or wherever he went and they gave him a job and they entitled him to write something, which again, it probably wasn't a big publication, but it was a great example of why to have it in our movie. And I'll, I'll get to that. I had fairly recently achieved my goal of getting my reviews posted on Rotten Tomatoes. Congratulations, bro. I think you could just upload them and they'll take them. I think you just push upload. But okay, you did that. Rotten Tomatoes is another fucking bullshit site. It's like, how many tomatoes? It's, just, it's, 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 it's like, prove to us that this movie's worthy. You know how I do that? Ticket sales. I don't need you. Where they were more likely to reach an audience beyond Las Vegas. I was perhaps as a little too enamored of my own cleverness. Well, who, who said you were clever? Now, granted, this is 15 years ago. The guy's been writing. So it was 15 years ago. He's now 38, I guess. 38, 39, and he only has 232 followers on Instagram. I'm not shitting on him, but I'm just saying, bro, you're acting like Captain Cool, and you haven't really 
blown up that much more. I was enamored of my own cleverness, which is another way of saying, like, I'm smart. I want to be smart and witty, and I don't want to be emotional and show weakness, so I'm going to use my words to, like, try to put somebody down, as many young writers are. I didn't enjoy watching Malibu's Most Wanted. Listen to this. This is exactly... There's so much. This could be a three-hour pod. I'm going to go slow with it. I didn't enjoy watching Malibu's Most Wanted, but I did enjoy tearing it apart in print. Let's say that again. I didn't enjoy watching Malibu's Most Wanted, but I did enjoy tearing it apart in print. That's everything you need to know right there. I don't really have to go any further. I will. That's just ugly. That's just that's just sad. Like this guy, I don't, I have to go through his whole life and break it down and see where he came from and all this stuff. But like, I don't know enough about that, but like clearly you live on getting attention. You wanted to make somebody look bad or in your eyes, you good. You wanted to put yourself above them and shit on them and it would make you feel like accepted in your circle. So in about two years later, I received an email from the filmmaker, Michael Addis asking if I'd appear in Heckler, a documentary about Kenny confronting his critics. I didn't hesitate to say yes. I almost immediately started second-guessing myself, though. Am I Jamie Kenny's next victim? Is a headline on a blog post I wrote in October 2005. Kenny is one of the prominent figures in the early 2000 boom, 2000s boom, of hidden camera prank shows with a series of Jamie Kenny experiments. And I worried that the whole thing might be a prank, despite assurances to the contrary. But there was a certain element of pride at work, too. If I could withstand the criticism of my own criticism, then that would further prove that Kennedy was comparatively immature and petty. Immature and petty! Let's go back to that last sentence. But I did enjoy ripping it apart in print. Immature and petty. But I did enjoy ripping it apart in print. Immature and petty. You're writing this 15 years later. Immature and petty. You just watched it for the first time. Immature and petty. I mean, give me a break, dude. Go to fucking Bob's Big Boy and get therapy with Dr. Drew. That's what brought me to the now defunct improv at Harris Comedy Club on Friday night in November 2005. Great club. Great back room. Awesome shows. You only have to do 30 minutes and you go out and party. Two shows a night. Great pay. Fuck, I wish I was still there. That's when my agents came in and they told me that they signed a guy named Bradley Cooper. I'll never forget that that weekend. Following Kennedy's stand-up show, which I did not watch. He puts in parentheses, which I did not watch. I signed waivers that almost certainly would have given the filmmakers permission to prank me if that's what they had planned, which I already told you we didn't, but I understand why you're worried. I met Addis and Kennedy, who were friendly and gracious, thanking me for agreeing to appear in their movie. They told me that they were interviewing critics along with all, all, all along all of Kennedy's tour stops and that even Roger Ebert had signed on. Joining us backstage was a woman I knew from local movie screenings, a marketing rep for a radio station group. I never figured out how she got there. Surprisingly, but of course, not actually surprising, once the camera was turned on, Kennedy's demeanor changed completely. No shit. Because I'm in work mode then. He was combative and confrontational. Of course. Because I had to get you to fucking be on camera, dude. I don't want to scare you away. Not only about the negative things I had said in my album's most wanted review. But also about me personally, my personality, and my appearance. We'll have to watch that and say. He repeatedly referred to the woman next to me, making crude implications about my sex life or lack thereof. I have to watch the scene. He rattled off a list of elaborate and possibly fictitional, fic, fictitional sex acts. He accused me of being a Star Trek loving loser. I never called you a loser. I just said you love Star Trek. There's nothing wrong with that. I never called you a loser. I inferred that you might be more of a Star Trek person, which means that you might not want to be reviewing these types of movies. Even though I anticipated some kind of hostility, it still felt a bit jarring. Well, this guy's clearly in denial. If you write some shit about somebody and then you agree to meet the guy on fucking camera, 
who's starring in said movie and put his fuck I, and fucking years of his life into it that, yeah, you're going to get some hostility. It brought back memories of being bullied by passive-aggressive friends who framed every insult and attack as a harmless joke. I didn't say it was a joke. I wasn't passive-aggressive. And I was bullying you back, if you want to say that, because you bullied me first, dude. I didn't know who the fuck you were. So that's the way the world is. It's science. Action, reaction. Sorry, you don't want pushback? Don't write a bunch of shit that people may not agree with. It's your world. It's free speech, but then don't meet said person and expect it to be Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving in the sense that I was taking my fucking land back. Here's a turkey. I was determined not to give him the satisfaction of me making me angry, and I shut down anything he brought up that wasn't specifically about the movie. The more outrageous things he said, the less response I gave. Yeah, because you were not being emotional. You didn't want to appear uncool, which made you appear uncool. Hackler premiered April 27, 2007 Tribeca Film Festival before eventually being released direct to DVD. I never watched it. I was a little dig. DVD. It did. It's true. And Showtime. We did not get a theatrical. We tried. We tried, Josh. I tried. Not everything can be. But it got in Tribeca, which is a very high-end festival, Josh. Never, that is, until this past week. He never watched it. To celebrate the 15th anniversary of Heckler's premiere. Yeah. I finally sat down with the movie, which is streaming for free. Another shot. He's taking a shot. For free. With ads on Roku Channel and Amazon's Freebie. Yes, because that's where a lot of content goes. Sorry. It was on Netflix, Josh. At one point, and then it did its course. We got paid for that. Do you see these little digs? At the risk of incurring Kennedy's ire again, Irie, once again, I will say that Heckler is not a good movie, although it is a better movie than Malibu's Most Wanted. It is a bit of a bait and switch, starting with an examination of what most people traditionally think is Heckler's audience members who are live performers, particularly comedians. It's not a bait and switch. It starts, that's, it basically compares what heckling used to be and now what heckling is. And people don't realize that it's heckling. Online criticism, reviews, all this shit, peer-to-peer. It's all heckling. It's not a bait and switch. It's just, we're ahead of the fucking curve. Everything we did in that movie is happening today. It's still not even fully realized yet. And he never watched it. You know why he never watched it? Because he was fucking scared. He didn't, he didn't want to look at it and go, God damn, I'm embarrassed. It's fucking painful. That's why I didn't watch it. That's what I believe. Addison Kennedy put together an impressive lineup of interviewees. That was a lot of Michael, including Vegas connected comedians like George Walsh, Carrot Top, and Louis Anderson. Pour some out. Very insightful comments about the nature of heckling. Although the filmmaking is crude, and many of the interviews were clearly captured at inopportune moments. Yeah, meaning like we had to fucking run and gun it. We didn't know where we were gonna get. We didn't know where we were gonna get jo- uh, George Lucas, Josh. When George Lucas says, "Yes, you run with him with a camera." Sorry, we didn't have a fucking split diopter for you, Josh. When George Lucas says, yes, you got five minutes outside of Musso and Frank's, you run to get George Lucas. Sorry, Josh. I'm sorry it didn't look like Dune. My bad. It was out of pocket. Again, Josh, I tried. Do you remember trying, Josh? Do you remember when you tried things and then you could possibly risk stuff? That's, do you do that, Josh? Oh, yeah. Kennedy, who appears frequently in the footage, ranging from stand-up performances to a prostate exam, is still not funny. This is now the third time he's called me not funny, so clearly I'm... Hitting some side of porn in there. Of course I'm in it, dude. It was my fucking movie. I conceived it with Michael. And I used myself as the fucking punching bag as an example. How many people would do that, Josh? After about 25 minutes, Heckler shifts his focus to critics. Yes, because critics did become hecklers when they started reviewing people personally. You just look at that, the change around 2006. And the central thesis that critics and hecklers are equivalent, which is, is, is never convincing. Of course it's not convincing to you because you're a fucking critic out there in the fucking Desert Sun Companion looking for donation buttons. Kennedy increasingly comes off as an entitled brat. No, I'm an angry. I'm not entitled. 
I'm a confident brat. You can call me a brat, but I'm an angry, hurt brat who can't handle anyone saying anything negative about his work and his efforts to sound superior to his critics only makes him seem more pathetic and needy. Yeah, I mean, you could say that. Sometimes I look pathetic and needy, but, you know, I make good points. There's other times I might not have made a good point. I'll have to look at the whole movie and review it. While other interviewers speak mostly in general terms about reviews and criticism, only Kenny confronts his critics directly. Again, because I was the fucking linchpin. Obviously, Roger Ebert is not in the movie, although Richard Roper is, and so am I. You did it, Josh. You got with ropes. Uh... I think our Roger Ebert was too sick. God rest his soul. I show up around the 55-minute mark. Jeez, you're giving timestamps? And I'm on screen for about two minutes. The woman who joined me backstage has never seen. Kennedy begins by reading the opening line of my review, saying, this is probably the worst review I've ever gotten. It might have been. That's why we got you. Which seems unlikely since earlier in the movie, he confronts a writer who referred to him as a rape baby. I think that's after you, Josh. One of the Kennedy's ideas presented in Heckler is that any criticism, by definition, a personal attack. And I do my best to deflect that. I have nothing against you as a person, I say. I don't know you. You have nothing against me as a person. You told the fucking people, anyone who listens and reads your newspaper, I must be stopped. You didn't say Malibu's Most Wanted must be stopped. You didn't say B-Red G must be stopped. Those would be alter egos. You said Jamie Kennedy must be stopped. So you can kind of argue that that's a personal attack. Again, why am I doing your job better than you at the Desert Sun or the Desert Companion or whatever? And this is hilarious. Do I have to be a better reviewer than reviewers? How do you get these jobs? Which is why I'm going to get into it. Let's read that again. I have not, he says, one of the key ideas presented in Heckler is that any criticism is by definition a personal attack. That's not true. And if I did that in the movie, I was incorrect for doing that. That's not true. Every bit of criticism is not a personal attack. That's not true at all. I don't think I would say that. But if I did, I was wrong. I do my best to deflect. Yeah, because you don't want to fucking answer anything. He never took accountability for anything you said. I have nothing against you as a person. I say I don't know you. But again, look what I just said. I have nothing against you as a person. Jamie Kennedy needs to be stopped. The time failed comedian Jamie Kennedy. You're a fucking liar, dude. I'm doing you a fucking favor by making this video. It's not about you, but you're a fucking liar, dude. You are a fucking liar. You don't know English language then. You just said it's not personal, but look what I just did. I just fucking Omarion. I served you, bro. That is a lie. I will argue with any critic who says this shit. That is a lie. It's not personal. Jamie Kennedy needs to be stopped. The time failed comedian... Jamie Kennedy trying to embarrass me. Those are two statements that are inaccurate. This is crazy, right? Like, this is our world. This is why. What? I could just not say anything, but this is good content. During the years in which Heckler was circulating on cable, various friends, they might be frenemies, reported back to me about my appearance, assuring me that I kept my cool. Oh, yeah. All those, all those dudes. I, I could say names. I'm not going to. They kept my cool about my appearance, so they all watched it. And reported to you, assuring me that I kept my cool and didn't give Kennedy any ammunition to use against me. I'd like to think that our only subsequent exchange that made it in the movie supports that Kennedy asked me if I've been to Comic Con International in San Diego. He put international, which is already, <sighs> it's kind of nerdy. And I answer that I've gone to Comic Con a couple times. And Kennedy says, You fucking live at Comic Con. He spits that out like it's a terrible accusation. And I respond, it only occurs once a year, so you can't really go more often than that. Damn, Josh, you got me. You served me, dude, with that technical Tammy. 
There's another reason why you can't. I can't say that I feel good about appearing in Heckler or that I agree to do it again if asked today, but I still value being a critic at least as much as I did when I was 23, which you should never have been. In a way, Heckler helped clarify my important to me as to me as I was put in a position of defending my role. If I wrote a review of Malibu's Most Wanted Now, I'd probably tone down the snark, although not negativity. More than ever in a world cluttered with social media vitriol through thoughtful and honest criticism, both positive and negative, is vital. Totally bullshit. Complete bullshit. I, I don't agree with that at all. How many people agree with that statement? Fucking write that comment in this video. Let's read that again. More than ever in a world cluttered with social media vitriol, thoughtful and honest criticism, both positive and negative, is vital. Bull fucking shit. No one needs a fucking bet. We have enough fucking bullshit in the world. We don't need some fucking jerk in the fucking desert to shit on something that he doesn't have the qualifications which I'm going to get to. I love championing a movie or a TV show that I find brilliant. Especially something that hasn't gotten the attention it deserves. I'm sure the Queen's Gambit is on your fucking playlist, dog. And I admit, I still enjoy tearing down pop culture garbage which is an endless supply. I'm sure Lady Bird is in your top three. I'm not saying those are bad movies or anything. They're great. But what I'm saying is he's that guy that wants to be accepted by the snarks. God forbid if you like meatballs. He even knows what Meatballs is. My movie and TV reviews are still regularly posted on Rotten Tomatoes. Win! Which you can just push upload. So does that make you a successful critic? And I'm a failed comedian when I get paid? And you're looking for donations, but I'm the failed comedian. Like This weekend, Jamie Kennedy is one of the featured celebrity guests at Michigan's Motor City Comic Con. I think that was a little bit of a dig. But by the way, you're right. I went to Comic Con, and they blew up. Now, why am I doing this video? I want to tell you this. I'm doing this video. I haven't... Not not anything against Josh Bell. Those are my first initial reactions to his new article. I'm doing this video because it's content that is in my wheelhouse, that a project that I'm very passionate about, which is very polarizing, which people really get who love it, like passionately, which people also hate. And those people that hate it usually aren't creative, meaning they don't really go out and try things and possibly fail. There are people that love to sit on the sidelines and criticize. And our world has too much of that. I'm doing this review. I'm not giving any power to Josh, but if he sees it, you know, God bless you. Um, it's more about this. It's just more about, like, in a nutshell, this is a microcosm of what is wrong with society, with politics, with sports, with entertainment, with social media. And what am I trying to tell you? This is a clear example of someone who is not qualified to review a comedy. That is it. No, no. Look, it's not. I'm sure it's not that big of a paper anyway. I mean, maybe it is. But this is an example of fake news. This is there is no way that a person who's 23 years old. I don't know his background. I don't know if he ever did stand up, did improv. Was a kid actor, was in writing program, all that stuff. Like, the fact that he was given a job reviewing comedies is a misstep. He's just not qualified to do it because the movie works. Like, people love it. It's probably my top second credit now besides Scream. Like, it's just lives the test of time. There's gifts. There's meme. Tons of people like it. Now, you may say... He may say, well, those people are dumb or blah, blah, blah. But that's okay. That's your opinion. But these people like it because they get the references. 
They see the jokes. They understand the parody. They understand the irony. They understand the cultural appreciation and possible appropriation. They understand all of that. There's so many levels to the movie, which you have to be highly intelligent to understand. And that's the truth. And people who don't see it aren't intelligent. Like, of course, it looks like a fucking soft, fluffy movie. There's a lot of shit in the movie. I invite someone who's highly intelligent to review the movie and break it down in the comments. I'm sure someone will do an amazing job. There's going to be there's going to be haters that say some shit too, but you understand what I'm saying. The best reviews from that movie came from what? Black publications, black reviewers. They got it. Not a white 23-year-old kid that's fresh out of community desert college. That's reviewing it. Who wants to make a name for himself? Here's an example of a guy who's 37 or 30. I'm not going to make a bunch of public you know, judges about him. But I'm just saying, it's just like, dude, at some point you got to go, who am I as a person? What am I doing? Where am I at? Third eye. He's no third. You have no third eye. This person has no third eye about themselves in the universe about reviewing comedy. And it's unqualified. And unfortunately, comedy shit on a lot because the because people think it's easy to do because it makes you laugh it elicits a response it elicits a response from you that we can all do and that we say it in the movie so it's like if you can laugh or if one of your dumb friends laughs at one of your like offhanded remarks people think oh i'm funny or i'm comic and i can do that right because it's fun or it looks fun so it's easy to do and it's it's the biggest sheep in wolf's clothing you've ever encountered in your life what this guy did is he's not he still has a change he's still not vulnerable he still doesn't want to look like he he doesn't want to look like he's losing he doesn't want to look like he doesn't want to concede any points and it's just like this is what the world is there's people that try and there are people that try and they have failures but then they try again and there's people that never try. That's why the movie works. Because the people trying, it resonates. It resonates. Because it's pain, man. It's pain to put yourself out there and, and try to make something. And if it doesn't work, a painting or a poem, or, it's, it, it's, it's hard to try to get the acceptance of your peers. And that's why the, you love the people that are vulnerable about it. We don't love people that aren't vulnerable because they're not sharing anything. They're not risking anything. And comedy is the most bastardized art form because people think they can do it. And then there's this is an example. This is an extension of that. Of like, yo, dude, I have fucking, I can review it because the fucking Rotten Tomatoes said they gave me a check. It's like, who are they? You know who can re review a comedian? Good comedians. You know who won't ever review a comedian? Good comedians. You know why? Because they're too busy doing good comedy. I like peer-to-peer -peer feedback. I think that's good. But we don't need some holier-than-thou person who's a fucking reviewing something that is trying to... Not trying, but it successfully has given joy to a lot of people in this world. I always say this, and I'm going to say it again. Comedians never want to make you laugh. They want to make you think. We only sprinkle the laughs in. So really, you could argue that Malibu's is a fucking comment on race in society. Which it is. But if I say that, guys like this will fucking attack me. But a smart black person will break that down. And a smart white person or a smart Asian person. But I'm saying black because the movie is about 
It's not about a cultural appropriation. It's about a guy who's accused of cultural appropriation, but it's really, he has appreciation and racism, reverse racism, stereotypes, all that shit. And you do it with comedy. That's how you make a point. Those who know, create. And those who don't, criticize. Peace. Like, subscribe, comment. Let's go.